This is Lancaster, global research tales from the north of England. We've got really a kind of a, an explicit way of working, which is about being outward facing, which is about you know delivering practical work that can be used. Um, and that, that, yes, harnesses academic excellence and, and the kind of depth of research that we've got fantastic access to in an institution like Lancaster University, but really bringing it to a place where um, actually it can be used by people on the ground to see a tangible outcome and benefit to those who, who really need it most. My name is Ben Harrison and I am director of the Work Foundation, which is part of Lancaster University. The Work Foundation in, in one way or another has been around for over 100 years, stretching all the way back to the Industrial Society in, in 1918, uh, reborn in a way as the Work Foundation at the turn of the, the 21st century and then as part of Lancaster University since 2010. Uh, and I suppose in, in 2022, as we sit here today, uh, we're a policy unit that's part of the, the management school at Lancaster. And we work with uh, academics across the university, uh, as well as other higher education institutions, businesses, employers and policymakers, um, to really try and improve the world of work and, and, and ensure that everybody can have access to secure, rewarding and, and high quality work. It was really established at a time when working conditions for a great many people uh, were, were really very poor indeed. So it was established to try and uh, essentially guarantee some minimum standards in the workplace, particularly in kind of industrial settings. Um, and then obviously as the economy changed through the course of the 20th century, so the society itself, you know, kind of switched its focus and was starting to drive for progress in things like uh, women's pay and equality, working to secure parliamentary change on really important bits of, of legislation as well. As, as of the sort of turn of the 21st century, became, I suppose, what would be more commonly recognised as a think tank, uh, producing sort of applied research, uh, looking at the labour market, looking at the world of work and the economy and thinking about how it could be transformed for the better for the future. I think it's a, a great honour, really, to, to sort of be leading the Work Foundation and be part of that institutional story, really, because the Foundation has played, through its many guises, such an, an important role over the course of the last 100 years but really, there are so many challenges that remain. And, and yes, we've seen progress, you know, in, in tackling some of those structural inequalities or really bad employment practices or, or working conditions for, for, for millions of people. But we know that there are still really urgent issues that, that need dealing with. And, and really, I think myself and my colleagues in the foundation, as well as those across Lancaster, feel a, a responsibility, really, to kind of continue that tradition of the Work Foundation and, and, and contribute where we can to making sure that progress doesn't stall and we, and we keep seeing improvements. I've been working in, in one way or another in policy uh, development research and, and, and communications over the last 16 years. Um, and, and I grew up in the north of England. Um, and I suppose growing up in the north of England, you, you sort of get a sense of feeling a bit remote, really, from, of, of what, you know, from where decisions are taken within the UK. And, and we have a centralised politics, a centralised policymaking, a centralised economy. And so I, I sort of had a feeling quite early on, really, that I wanted to work uh, in and around government and to try and improve policy and, and potentially try and shift some of that focus away from 
London and the south of England to, to sort of seeing our regional economies grow and thrive. Uh, and so as, as part of that, really, I went, I went to work for the Institute for Public Policy Research. Uh, I've spent a bit of time at the Centre for Cities thinking about devolution policy and, and was there actually when we saw the introduction of city region mayors, which was a fantastically exciting time and all really driven around trying to rebalance the economy. I think that was the language at the time. We'd sort of call it levelling up now, I think, uh, in, in the, sort of co- the current government's parlance. And then really when, when the opportunity to come and work for the Work Foundation arose, it, it was just such a, uh, a kind of an appealing challenge and, uh, and, and sort of prospect really to, to sort of, as I say, become part of that, that history of the organisation. But clearly as we were sort of coming through the pandemic, it was very, very clear that, you know, some of the real big issues that were going to, that, that were going to be at the forefront were about the world of work. And, and the labour market. And, you know, there's a real need, I think, um, for, for organisations like the Work Foundation to be doing research to understand how some of the changes that we've seen, yes, over the last sort of 10, 15, 20 years, but also in the short run through the pandemic, uh, have really impacted different groups of workers for good and for bad, uh, and what that means for policy and, and, and for practice. And so, the idea of kind of coming to work and, and sort of lead an organisation uh, with such a history and such a purpose at this time in particular, you know, just felt like too good an opportunity not to really. I think what we've definitely seen over the course of the last 12 months in particular, maybe a little bit longer, is organisations switch from a kind of crisis mode of, OK, we have to work out a way of keeping business going, the lights on, keeping people in jobs. In, in a way in which we've we've not really had to do before, and so you know shifting to organizations in 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 many settings being a hundred percent remote working for quite significant periods of time and establishing quite quickly new ways of working that that probably were designed to be temporary um or or or, or at least we didn't quite know how long that was going to be the case for, but there was a real sort of speed of action required. And I think we've moved quite clearly now from that sort of state of affairs to one where organisations are thinking, okay, well, what have we learned from that period? What worked well? What what hasn't worked so well? Who's it worked well for within our workforce? Because we know that experiences of working remotely and flexibly have varied significantly depending on, you know, how old you are, the kind of role that you do, your uh, family situation and whether you have caring responsibilities or not. And so working out who's the, you know, who, who have some of those changes worked for, who have they not worked so well for, and what does that mean then for a kind of longer term, sustainable way of working in, in our organisation? And we know that a lot of organisations through 2022 have been trialling and piloting different approaches. The most progressive of organisations have been you know, engaged in lots of consultations with their teams and with colleagues to understand how that's affecting them. And really trying, I think, to bake in some of the things that have worked, but then mitigate some of the more the more difficult elements of it. I suppose what I would also say is that the, the challenge has been, or is, is, is now, we've come out of the pandemic and we're now rolling straight into a cost of living crisis. And that is presenting a whole host of other challenges, particularly to those sectors like hospitality, um, tourism, other, other parts of the economy, um, which are also impacted by the extent to which we all troop into a, a, an office in, in the way in which we did pre-pandemic. So it's not as if we've sort of come out of the pandemic into a stable set of affairs. We've actually come out of one crisis and we're sort of heading headlong into another crisis straight away, which is really challenging for organisations and workers.
one of the most important areas that we've we've sort of focused on over the last couple of years in particular is is an idea of increased insecurity within the jobs market and within 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 the labor market people feeling more insecure in the role that they do or actually employed in a more insecure way um, and we've looked to do that by by analyzing over 20 years of of data to understand the extent to which uh, we've seen an increase in insecurity and if we have how is that how has that manifested itself who is feeling more insecure in their job uh, than than they used to um, and 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 the extent to which the pandemic has either changed that positively or or negatively or or, or actually we've seen those longer term trends continue um, and what you find when you look at the data is actually insecurity has been part of the UK labour market for quite a long time and it, and it and really successive attempts to try and reduce it haven't haven't really worked it seems when you when you look at the data but we also know from looking at that data that there are particular groups of workers that feel that insecurity more than others so in particular women are disproportionately more likely to be in insecure jobs those from ethnic minority backgrounds are more likely to be in insecure jobs and disabled workers are more, are more likely to be in insecure jobs the same applies for younger workers as well but it's a slightly different story there where very often your first job is into something which is a bit more insecure and then you will hopefully move out of that and into your into your career or into more stable uh, employment. And then, of course, things get even worse, you know, if, if, if you are an ethnic minority woman or if you if you're a, somebody with a disability, but you're also from an ethnic minority background, you see these sort of compound impacts, essentially. So we have this sort of persistent problem in the UK labour market where we've got quite high levels of insecurity in the labour market. Uh, and, and that's really important when you head into something like a cost of living crisis, because it means people are already facing insecurity in their work. In the, in their work. And now what you're going to do or what you're going to see is the cost of day to day essentials go up. But people's ability to earn more money or get more hours or feel confident and secure in the work that they do is often really, really limited. And, and, and what you'll see from that then is heightened levels of anxiety, stress uh, and, and ultimately really limited options in terms of what to do. And it, and it double underscores the need for a kind of sustained period of government support. You know, your ability to access a, a wide range of jobs or, you know, if you lose your job, your ability to kind of pivot into a new kind of job or sector varies, you know, dramatically depending on which part of the country that you're in. And I think the other really important point around levelling up is, you know, very often we've thought about regeneration or regional economic development as primarily being about, you know, big infrastructure projects. So we'll build a high-speed rail connection between places and that will somehow drive up economic prosperity and growth um, between places that, that have been struggling. Whereas the reality is actually you need to have a much keener focus on living standards, on skills, on people's ability to access good quality, secure and well-paid employment. Very often these are harder things to grapple with and they take a lot of time to turn around, but they're the real drivers of whether people in a place will feel like, yes, actually, you know, my life, the life of my family, my community, that is, is genuinely levelling up or not. We as a think tank, you know, really have an explicit focus on narrowing structural inequalities in the labour market and that that in a sense is is some of those things that I've talked about that there are these you know there are groups within society um, that, that persistently um, face inequalities um, and, and, and for our part we look at that through the lens of the labour market 
Um, and so what we want to do and what we do through every piece of our work really is work closely with employers, with policymakers, with those that with lived experience of some of these challenges. So we will engage directly with people who are in, for example, insecure employment uh, or for those who are experiencing hybrid and remote working to understand what their experiences of this are um, in order to help develop better policy making for those who are, are, are in Westminster, Whitehall or across local government, or to work directly with organisations themselves to, to, to develop more progressive and, and, and better employment practice, um, to try and kind of improve matters on the ground within organisations themselves. And so we've got really a kind of a, an explicit way of working, which is about being outward facing, which is about you know delivering practical work that can be used. And that, that yes, harnesses academic excellence and and the kind of depth of research that we've got fantastic access to in an institution like Lancaster University, but really bringing it to a place where um, actually it can be used by people on the ground to see a tangible outcome and benefit to those who, who really need it most. I mean, I've been in policymaking in one way or another now for 16 years, and there are so many external factors really that go into whether you know there is truly a window to see significant change in, in, in an area of policy so much is bound up in politics so much is bound up in where the economy's at what else is going on so in, in a sense it's quite hard to predict sometimes I mean I talked a little bit earlier about when I was at the centre of cities and, and, and I was there at the time of, of city region devolution and, and the introduction of mayors you know, that was a policy area that hadn't seen significant change really for the best part of 20, 30 years. Um, and yet the stars aligned. We had a Chancellor of the Exchequer at the time who was interested in that agenda, who was prepared to drive it through from one of the most powerful offices in the land. And you saw change happen. And we were there at that time. There was a window of opportunity. We had the research. We had the evidence. And we were able to contribute to that in a really meaningful way. And that was fantastic. I, I am hopeful and optimistic that at the Work Foundation in 2022, given our experiences of the last two years, given the sort of severity of the challenges to come as part of the cost of living crisis, that really we, you know, the, the sort of imperative to get to grips with driving up job quality, with introducing a new employment bill to make sure we all benefit from more secure work, from better paid work in the future, that we've got access um, to, you know, core benefits like sick pay and holiday, uh, you know, paid holiday, things like that. You know, really there, there should be a window of opportunity coming to see a step change in that in that regard. You know, all, all we can do from our position in the Work Foundation is continue working with organisations, continue developing our evidence base and continue trying to reach out to government policymakers and others to make that case. It's it's a hugely enjoyable role to have, yeah, and, 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 and as I say, a real kind of privilege in a way, I think, to, to sort of be part of the Foundation's history. It's, in, it's, it's extremely enjoyable being, being in this role as part of Lancaster University as well. So, you know, we, we have the, the, the opportunity to work with a very wide range of academics from a whole host of different backgrounds. We've got some fantastic work, for example, at the moment uh, going on with colleagues in the Faculty of Health and Medicine. Um, uh, likewise, you know, opportunities to work with colleagues in sociology, uh, in data science, uh, you know, and, and, and that I think is, is a real sort of special 
opportunity of being part of the Work Foundation today, where as we're part of Lancaster University, you get these these sort of connections that you can make across disciplines, which really bring a richness to the research we're able to do in the Foundation. Thanks for listening to This is Lancaster, global research tales from the north of England. To listen to more, just search podcasts at Lancaster University.